We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live postgame show. The Lakers just kind of played the Phoenix Suns. Kind of. It was not a pretty outing. The Lakers wind up losing by 29. 140 to 111. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. The Lakers, frankly, were in the game for the first couple of minutes of the first quarter then the Suns pulled away and that was pretty much it for the remainder of the game it was the Suns pummeling the Lakers just about all night we're going to talk about the game break down what happened was this an effort issue like we've seen in some other games was it some other stuff going on is it just execution we'll get into all that plus if you're coming in from YouTube from Facebook from Twitter we're going to be taking your questions and comments if you're listening to the podcast version of this make sure you do follow us over on Apple Podcasts. give us that five-star review we'd certainly appreciate it and don't forget to leave us a written review as well joining me tonight is Matt the Optimist Peralta Matt, it's hard even for you to be optimistic after that. Um, yes, I am been tried very hard this season. And no matter how much I try to stay optimistic, the Lakers do find ways to beat it out of me. Just like the Suns beat, the, beat them out tonight, too. So that's where we're at, Trevor. So a little peek behind the curtain for everybody. Right before we went live here, Matt's entire set... <laughs> collapsed in on itself like Im- just imploded, imploded like like a dying star just in and matt made the comment like hey just like the lakers all my stuff is is collapsing right now uh and he's not wrong the lakers it, they came out played with some energy especially at the beginning they had a, even a lead at one point it was a it was like six to two or something but it looked like they came out okay had some different decent schemes and things like that but the suns just the suns are one of those teams we've talked about it all season long that the best teams, when you make a mistake, the best teams will, number one, recognize that mistake. And number two, they know exactly how to exploit that mistake. And the Suns embody that perhaps better than any team in the NBA right now. They recognize the second you are off a little bit in your defensive rotation, they will exploit it and they will kill you with open jumpers. Meanwhile, on the defensive end, they're pretty good at shooting passing lanes. They caused the Lakers to turn the ball over numerous times and they barely looked like they broke a sweat and having to take it to LA. So Matt, what's what's your big takeaway here? Was this were you disappointed with the effort from the Lakers or was this other stuff? How do, how should we feel about this game? I think the thing I'm most disappointed about is it felt like they kind of gave up midway through the third quarter uh, when I think they were down close to 30, was it? Um and it seemed like they told themselves we have to play again tomorrow. There's no way we're coming back from this. So let's kind of just roll over and hope this game ends sooner rather than later. That's what I was most disappointed about. Um, I thought the first half they had, they, I thought they punched to their weight. I thought, you know, they were playing about as well as you probably could have hoped for, for like those first few minutes. And then the Suns avalanche just happened. And then it was very predictable from that point on that the Lakers, uh, were going to have a very hard time trying to make it a game. Um, there were a couple moments in that second quarter where I thought, Oh, look, some life. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. 
lo and behold, the Sunstarters come back in and they retake control and never let go of it ever again. So um, was I disappointed with the effort? Uh, for the first half, no. The second half, yes. But I, I think, you know, even me, the most optimistic person in the world, right, um, did not feel great coming into this game. And so this result is unfortunately what I thought is pretty in line with how I thought it was going to play out. Dustin Rigsby from Facebook says, what kind of made me mad was our players laughing after losing by 30. Why would you be laughing? And I've seen that this has been circulating now on social media. There was even yep. our, our guy, Ryan Ward from Lakers Nation, uh, tweeted this out too. LeBron kind of, he looked like he was smiling after the game. Does that, does that bother you at all? Should that bother Lakers fans? Um, I mean, yeah, I think for the most part. I mean, I'm not like rankled over it like some people are, but because, um, you know, you take you take still shots of things out of context all the time. So um, would I be happy, though, personally, after a loss like that? Absolutely not. No. Uh, I definitely wouldn't be laughing about it, and I definitely wouldn't be caught on camera laughing. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm not going to be, like, up in arms about it as some people are. But I, I do understand why it's fresh. It's just not a good look, you know. Um, the score, is, I think, is on that screenshot, too, that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So uh, I, I would definitely be, you know, somewhat upset, but I'm not going to be too upset over it. Because, like, I'm laughing about the loss, too. <laughs> in order to keep from crying yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like our own sean davis did mid midstream <laughs> so there was um there's a scene in the movie moneyball where, oh yes i love Moneyball. where and so so you know the scene i'm talking about where the a's get beat again they're in a losing streak billy bean is under all this pressure and he walks past the locker room and he hears them kind of partying in the yeah. locker room and he walks in and, and there's Jeremy Giambi, RIP, um, standing up on uh, on a table dancing, or and and he's upset, and he tells every he throws stuff, and the room goes silent, and he says, "This is what losing sounds like." Is that like, is that kind of the response that you would hope to see out of the Lakers? More forlorn, more I, I don't know. They they should be a bit more upset about a loss like this, or is it just this has been this season? Everybody knows what's going on here, and this is all you can do. So optically, you would want the former, but I think realistically, everyone knows that the latter is where everything is right now, right? Um, I mean, we've already got an anonymous people within the organization saying there's only like, what, one month left? Mm -hmm. um, you have to imagine the players feel the same way, too. Um, as a fan, you hate to see that. You want to, you know, go down swinging, right? Even though we know you're probably not going to win anything this year, at least have some pride and look like you're trying. Um so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty agnostic about this team right now just because if they don't care, like, why should I? Uh, you know, what, what you're saying is true, and that sentiment, I'm sure, is shared by many Lakers fans. But it's sad, isn't it? It's so sad. Like, I was super excited about this season, even though I know there was a lot of mixed feelings coming into it. I was still excited. Um, but I think, like a lot of people, this has been the hardest, if not one of the hardest, seasons to watch as a fan. So I'm right there with you. If you're having a hard time watching the Lakers, just know that I am too. Mm -hmm. and we, we all certainly are. Uh, Wowie won with a super chat said, I'm just going to outright ask, do we make it out of the play-in? And if we do, how many games do we win if healthy? This is a disgrace. Okay, so the play-in right now, if everything finishes as is, the Lakers would get the Pelicans in the first round of the play-in. Then they would get the loser of the Clippers and the Wolves in the second round, if you survive that, you get the Suns in round one. So how do you see that? How do you see that going? I think they will beat the Pelicans uh -huh. for sure. Um, I am going to go out on a limb and say if they manage to get the Wolves, I think they can make they can secure a playoff spot. Um, cause I think that mm -hmm. team is still maybe a, another year of seasoning away from being like a real, you know, threat. Yeah. Um, so if, if that's how the bracket breaks out, I feel pretty good about my odds there. But um, again, I'm going to go. They'll probably beat the Pelicans. But if the if they get the, the Clippers, I, I feel a lot less uh, confident in that. Um, and then let's just say they beat them, right? And they, they secure number eight and they play the Suns. Um, I will say that is a fun, maybe at best, five-game series. Is there, I mean, that would be perhaps the worst ending to the season, wouldn't it? getting through the Pelicans and then either losing to the Clippers and having the Clippers not only beat you four times, but then knock you out or wouldn't it be five times? It's five yeah. Times, yeah. Right? No, I mean four times and then knock you out, right? Four times oh, in the yes. regular season and then Got knock it, you yes. out in the plan or you get 
even if you beat the Clippers, you knock them out, you can say, okay, well, at least we did that. Then you get a, you're going to get stomped by the Suns. I mean, there's this team's not making it to the second round, right? No. So that, ergo, the rumor that came out a while ago was that Frank Vogel, the only way he saves his job is if the Lakers get to the second round or or, may, or perhaps more. That would suggest that, like, what are the odds the late, that Frank Vogel's job is saved? Like, that he's with the team next year then? I, you know what's funny? I feel like even if he got to the second round, I don't think he's safe. True. I I mean, I get the reasoning behind it. It's like, oh, hey, look, he overcame all this and he managed to outperform expectations given what he was dealt, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think you can bring him back, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot, from a coaching perspective, there's a lot of things I don't like about what Smogel's done this season. But I think, you know, both sides, I think, would be better off just parting ways at, at this point. Um, c- can you imagine having to run this back? Because, like, let's face it also, the roster is not going to be too drastically different next year. Um, barring a Russell Westbrook trade, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I just can't imagine giving Vogel roughly the same team again and saying, have at it again. I mean, I, th- I think the, lo- the roster is going to be different next season s- simply because you have so many players on expiring deals. So there's going to be different, right. but the, the essential setup is going to be this, you know, yes. you're going to be very top heavy and, and all of that. Uh, Jared McMillan said, we don't deserve to make the playoffs. I mean, is that wrong? Alan Sliwa and I were, were talking about this the other day about do, does this team deserve to get into the playoffs? Does What do you think? Based on what we've seen this season, like do, do the Lakers deserve to be in the playoffs? I mean, um, everyone's favorite bingo card in a vacuum, no. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I think they'll make it there just because I think the other teams below them suck? Yeah. <laughs> That's I think that's been it, right? We talk about it all the time in fantasy football. We talk about those running backs where we say, oh, well, this guy's not, not going to do anything, but he might find a way to fall into the end zone, almost as though it's happening by accident. Yeah, That's that's kind of the way the Lakers would make the playoffs. It's almost as if by accident, like, hey, they just happen to fall backwards into the playoffs because everybody else in the conference has been so bad, right? Like, in a typical Western Conference season, they're not making it. It's just the West has been not as good as it has in previous seasons. Yeah, I mean, I think we were talking about this, what was last week or the week before, mm-hmm. but the Pelicans were definitely the biggest threat to um, to move to, you know, leapfrog them to ninth. And then there was this little battle for 10th with the Spurs, right? I think mm-hmm. so. Uh, the injury to Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum being in health and safety protocols, unfortunate for them, good for the Lakers. Um, it's just unfortunate that the Lakers can't put together more wins to kind of build more buffer. <laughs> see why not said are the lakers the first team to run small ball lineups with one shooter i don't think we've seen that before so going small and not having floor spacing that's a <laughs> deadly combination there that's funny uh they might be right <laughs> yeah i mean they might be right i mean look russ tht stanley johnson that's three guys right there that that teams won't the teams won't be worried if they're camped out behind the three point line. I mean, do you consider LeBron a shooter? I guess. Yeah, he shot well enough. He shot well enough. You have to cover him behind the line. He shot what thirty seven percent from three on the season. I'd have to check, but somewhere in that range. I mean, I guess I'm nitpicking, right? Because I mean, you have Melo with LeBron and then those three guards, right? So I mean, yeah. But I, there definitely have been lineups where it's like LeBron and four non shooters, and I'm like, what are you doing, Frank? I mean, that's that's part of the problem, though, is how many, like, some of your guys who you brought in to be shooters, Ellington, Ariza, even Bazemore shot well from three last year, those guys aren't really playable. So the guys that you that can do anything defensively, and, and maybe Bazemore can do some things defensively, but the bottom line is that your guys that can shoot can't play defense, your guys who can play defense can't shoot, and this is an NBA where you have to be able to do both things. Mm-hmm. You're going to have and- problems no matter what. Yeah, it's whack-a-mole, remember? Yep. Uh, Matty James said, I mean, I figured they would get blown out. The Lakers don't deserve to be on the same floor as the Suns this season. They're just not good enough. Frank Vogel echoed that sentiment. I just saw a quote come in from him from the postgame where he just said nothing nothing has been good enough. That's understatement. But yes, he's right. Nothing we did was good enough tonight. I mean, you did everything good enough to lose. If you want to look at it that way. <laughs> Glass half full. Ma- 
Maddie James with a super chat. I don't get why we didn't have Gabriel in longer to help contest and grab boards on defense. So on the night when Gabriel only played 12 minutes, uh, three boards, two assists, one of three shooting, three of five from the free throw line. Frank Vogel has talked about concern with Wendy and Gabriel that he doesn't have a lot of experience. And so the coaching staff is trying to like ease him into things. So I get that side of it. Um, but yes, I would think that in if you felt like he was fully up to speed with what you wanted the team to do and all of that, his skill set is one that you would try to lean on more in a game like this and in most games, frankly. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I thought he was deserving of, you know, maybe a couple more minutes here and there, but I, I see the coaching staff's uh, concerns. He's still young and still trying to learn the system, I guess, as best you can say. I think fans are just desperate for something mm -hmm. new because what they've been doing so far has been bad. Um, so I, I get it. I, I wouldn't have minded seeing more Gabriel minutes, especially when the game felt out of hand, like, what, mid-early third quarter. So I, I don't think it would have hurt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, they lost by 29. Is it even, let's say he goes out there and doesn't play well, and so they lose by 32. Okay. You know, I mean, sure. It's not, it's not going to hurt that much. You're going to, you might as well get him some minutes. Maddie James said, Welcome back, Matt. Also, Trev, at this point, this Lakers show is the highlight for me after every game. Thank you. Also, oh, I'm ready for my nice guest guy. appearance. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. Hey, thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. As long look, we said it during our live stream during the game, which we've been doing. If you guys happen to catch the pregame stream, in that I include the link to our live stream during the game. Uh, we're trying to keep it small for the moment, but that was a lot of fun. At least we had each other to lean on instead of instead of just in isolation, you know, during this situation, watching this game. Um uh, yeah, at least we've got this to kind of vent a little bit and talk through the disaster that we just saw. Yeah, just think of these shows as a hug through your computer or smartphone or tablet or whatever you're listening to or watching this on. <laughs> a digital hug. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a comment here. I've got a few people, actually, and this one isn't even a super chat, but people are saying stop going small. And we talked about this. We talked about this uh, during our live stream. Is going small really the problem? Or is that just things aren't going well, so people assume what the opposite of whatever you're doing has to be the answer? Uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely think that it's it's more the latter in this case. I, I think that the Lakers' small ball lineups haven't been optimal, but I think we've talked about this ad nauseum, right? Is that when the Lakers go small, they're smaller than usual. Um, and so it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a really difficult problem to solve right now, just given who's on the team. But I, I don't think that is... I don't think leaning the other way is necessarily the right the right choice too because we saw Dwight start the second half yeah. uh, in favor of Stanley Johnson right to deal with DeAndre Aiden and yes he did a better job on Aiden but then that opened up the rest of the floor for people like Devin Booker Cameron Payne etc. It's um, <laughs> it's a tricky situation honestly I don't I think the Lakers need more size on the perimeter which they don't but I think if you're going to the offseason and you can address that need I think that's like the first thing you need to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not on the camp of you need to move away from small ball entirely. I just think that this is a roster limitation and there's really nothing they can do about it. I mean, they could execute pretty, I think they could execute a lot better. I think there's different coverages or schemes that they can explore, especially with LeBron and Russ in particular. Mm -hmm. But, uh, the core issue is that this is what they've got. And this is about almost as optimal as you can probably make this team right now without Anthony Davis. I think that the, for the Lakers, small ball isn't the answer, but neither is going big. Like, neither, neither one is going to lead to success necessarily. Situationally, you can rely on either one. I don't think there's a, oh, small ball, just go big. Go big every night, and everything is just fine there. No, I don't think that solves all your problems. I also don't think small ball solves all your problems. I think either way, you're going to have issues. The question is, which one gives you a greater chance to win? So far, the Lakers have leaned more on going small. And if you watch tonight's game, you saw they went big. Frank Vogel relented and said, okay, let's try the big lineup. And Dwight Howard got eaten up. Dwight Howard wasn't great. I, if you had a just really good big to turn to, great. But Dwight's been, you know, maybe one in five. He's gone Fulton Reed style, right? I mean, he's got like one really good night, and then he'll have four in a row that are that are just kind of a miss. And I thought tonight was one of those nights. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that this is the type of situation where you can play just one particular style and solve everything with that. And part of that is because of the personnel that you've got on the team. Yeah. I just feel like the Lakers aren't 
um, I'm going to throw out a, a Sean McVay uh, ism here, but they're not as multiple as they could be. They're not as, uh, I guess, in another word, they're not as diverse or uh, multifaceted mm-hmm. as some other teams are. Uh, they're really missing versatility. It's like really one thing or the other with this team because they don't have, you know, enough two-way uh, wings that can, you know, shape shift so you can play bigger or smaller. It's just, it's one or the other right now and there's really no mix and matching per se. It's just whatever Frank Vogel decides is what they need for that night. That's what he's going to go with. And that's it. Oh no. It's every once in a while, I read one of these chats and I can't help but, but laugh. This is coming in. Someone who put the username of Luol Dang. So they're, they're trolling right there just to begin with said Tom Brady returned before Kendrick Nunn. Damn. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, oh so did Eric Weddle. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's not wrong. That feels bad. I, I honestly I, I sympathize for Kendrick Nunn. Like I feel bad for Kendrick Nunn. He did I know, I don't want to crack jokes, but did you realize that um speaking of Tom Brady, did you realize the uh, base the MLB lockout was three times longer than his retirement? Oh wow. That is crazy. Yeah, he's retired for 40 days. That's crazy. Good job, MLB. Uh, Joan Oliva said, Hi, Lakers Nation. Hi, Joan. Uh, what did hey. you think about AD's comments regarding his return and his opinion on last year's playoff exit? <laughs> we were just talking about that uh, on the live stream. So, first of all, AD's comments on his return. He sounds pretty optimistic that he's going to return. Um, that, that everything's going to be there. Frank Vogel said 100% maybe Anthony Davis might be because Frank Vogel is not going to give you a straight answer on that. So I think that the goal is and the plan is for Anthony Davis to return. I don't think the Lakers are looking at this as he's done for the season. I think they are going to do everything they can to get him back out there. As far as his opinion of the last year's playoff exit, I think he's right, but I don't think he should have said it, knowing that if things go according to plan, you're probably playing Phoenix in round one and you don't want to give them any more ammunition. Yeah, it's one of those things where you need to be political publicly, mm-hmm. but privately, the sentiment, I don't think, isn't really off base. Um, and, you know, to be completely fair, even if Anthony Davis was healthy, the Suns could very well still have won that series. I'm going to be fair. Sure. Uh, um, but it's hard for me to envision that if Anthony Davis was actually super healthy or fully healthy for that series, the Lakers wouldn't have won. That's my personal opinion. Um, but again, I this is coming from Anthony Davis. It's one of those times where you probably don't want to say that to everyone right before you're supposed to play them. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I I had, after that series, I said for sure the Lakers were winning. I, I said if Anthony Davis was healthy, the Lakers win that series in five. Um, and now, And looking back now, I may have been captured by that moment a little bit too much, but still I felt pretty strongly that Lakers were going to win that thing. If AD stayed healthy, he just, he presented so many problems for the Suns that they weren't able to solve. Now maybe, yeah. maybe Chris Paul gets healthier as the series goes along. And then that, that's the X factor. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that may have wound up changing things. Frank Bogle got asked the question too, and he was very diplomatic about it and said, we'll never know. And, and that type of thing. But I, I do think that, again, AD is probably correct, but also probably not something you should say. And I do wonder how much that factored into tonight. Like, did somebody, I'm sure, as soon as he said it, somebody ran into the Suns locker room. Hey, Anthony Davis just said this. That's It's just, it's not what you want to put out there right before you're going to play the team that's got the best record in the NBA by far. 
yeah, I mean, was it really a surprise to see the Suns struggle against Giannis in the finals? Same kind of big that, same kind of two-way mm-hmm. big that you didn't have an answer for. Anthony Davis was at that level. Um, but, you know, it's it's not really worth rehashing over and over again because we can't change that. But I, I do think about that series quite often and wonder how far the Lakers actually could have gotten. Uh, Matty James said, would love to see a Sliwa guest appearance. Uh, he was just on uh, a week ago. We had him on. Also, this team doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Please spare us. No more embarrassing games. Uh, for me, part of this is I would like to get, um, I would like to get the pick into the hands of the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I would rather have the pick there than in the hands of the Pelicans because the there's been this weird animosity with Pelicans fans towards the Lakers, which it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make, because on one hand you can't run around screaming, we got a haul for Anthony Davis and then be mad at the Lakers at the same time for, for doing a deal for Anthony Davis. I mean, this is, I've said it a ton of times. Like if there, if I have a superstar and that superstar might leave, I will please ask for a trade. I will not be mad at you. Please ask for a trade. Whatever you do, don't tell me everything's great and then leave in free agency. Ask for a trade. We'll get something for you. Anthony Davis, I've said it a bunch of times, did the Pelicans a favor. And yet, I've seen a number of Pelicans fans who were, you know, are still very upset over this. And of course, you say anything back. It's, oh, you know, small market, small market, all this kind of stuff. And then we got a bunch of Pelicans fans that were celebrating Anthony Davis's recent injury when that gruesome ankle injury that did not sit well with me so personally and again i know this isn't all pelicans fans there's a lot of great pelicans fans out there i would rather see the lakers pick it in the hands of the grizzlies and therefore i'd rather see the lakers win more and put their spot up higher so that it does wind up the grizzlies pick yeah i just get really tired of having to answer was the anthony davis trade worth it <laughs> like i don't i don't really know what to say other than yes still that never changes that'll never you'll never change my mind about that yeah Anthony Davis could stop playing basketball tomorrow, and I will tell you that trade was worth it. Oh, absolutely. You you won a championship. Yeah. Like, what's the end goal here, guys? Okay. Here's a comment that came in. George Goddess from Facebook said, I don't understand how a fan page can talk so much crap about the team, always saying something bad like Lakers find a way to lose or get demolished. It's ridiculous. What Should we say, like, Lakers almost won. They just needed 30 more points. I mean, I know the the phrasing, like, here's the thing. If we were working directly for the Lakers, yes, we would be spinning some things and we would soften things. We wouldn't be able to talk about any other players or anything like that. But that's not the situation here. We can, and and I try to do this as much as we can, call it like it is. If the Lakers lose by a lot we're gonna say they got i mean they got demolished tonight against the suns that's just that's just being honest i feel like yeah i mean we don't hate the team and we're just trying to rag on them for clicks and views at this point like it's really easy to get engagement if you say something bad about the lakers right um but at the same time like there was not really anything positive to take out of this game that's Mm -hmm. Like, and that's not me ragging on the team. It's just like, look at the box score, go back and watch the game again if you want. Like, tell me what was like fun to watch about this tonight. I mean, LeBron doing LeBron things again for like three quarters. Sure. Um, some moments here and there for Monk and Wenyan Gabriel and some other mm-hmm. players, maybe. But I mean, our job isn't to sugarcoat everything all the time. And we are a Lakers fan page, if you want to call us that. And so we're, as fans, we are frustrated. So that'll, that'll come out when we talk about the team. Sure. I mean, this is, look, if I, I would much rather be saying the Lakers played great and they dominated that game. I would, I would, much, I would much rather be saying Russell Westbrook has proved everybody wrong and has been a great addition. And the Lakers look like they're headed towards a championship and it's the hometown guy, Russell Westbrook, that's helping get in there. I would much rather be telling that story right now. I would love to tell that story, but that's not, that's not the world that we're living in right now. Yeah. I would love to be as petty as someone else on Twitter and, you know, pull up receipts and tell you, I told you so, but I can't do that right now. So Right. Uh, I'm going to have to resort to just calling it as it is. And this team is not good and they have not been good for a while. And a lot of their season is going to depend on if and when Anthony Davis comes back. That's just, I mean, to me, that sounds like a fact. Um, 
because right now it's currently constructed. If this is the exact roster I am bringing into the play-in tournament, I do not feel great. Yeah. That's true. Um, I'm not that guy. Let's face it. Teams in the play-in tournament are not good enough for the playoffs. It's more money for the league. We should pack it up. Wait, what does that mean, though? And when you say pack it up, you can talk about, as a fan, distancing yourself from the team and saying, look, we just accept that they're not going to have it this year. Maybe you decide, hey, I'm not going to watch any more games. And that's an individual decision for each each person. Um, but pack it up for the team. This This team can't just pack it up. There's no incentive to. Yeah, they don't have... It's not like you say, well, you know what? We don't have it. Let's bench LeBron. Let's bench Russ. And let's improve our draft pick. They don't have their draft sure. pick. It's either going to yep. go to the Pelicans or the Grizzlies. There's no you, there's no benefit to doing that. I mean, like, look. like I would just like them to end the note. I would like them to end the season on a, as positive a note as possible sure. right now. Because, like, look. The drama, the rumors, the tension on you know front office, players, coaches, whatever... It's it's been very draining as a as a fan and someone that doesn't even work for the team. So I would like to go into the offseason at least feeling somewhat better that, OK, at least they went down swinging. At least they tried at the end. At least they showed some heart, some pride. If I could at least get that, I will feel a lot better than how I feel tonight, where they just get blown out and don't look like they even want to bother trying to get back into this game. Um, so, yeah, packing it up. I get it. Like you want to give fans a reason to tune out and not have to care about this team anymore. If you're that if you're that person, I don't blame you. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just personally like to see them at least fight just a little bit. Absolutely, that's been my main my main thing. All I want to see for the remainder of the season. I've been saying this for weeks now. It's not necessarily wins or losses. It's give it a hundred percent every single night. That's it. Just just play hard. And I feel like we haven't seen that enough from this team. And so maybe that's why that is my goal because it feels like that's a pretty. That's just a general baseline right like every team should play should give effort right but that's that's what we want to see here this this team compete every single night and then you let the chips fall where they may if that means you go out in the play-in tournament you go out in the play-in tournament if you don't go out in the play-in tournament you're going out in round one one way or another but fight you got you've got no benefit to not so why not go out there? Maybe, hey, maybe you get the franchise a few extra home games or something, or a home game in the play-in tournament, something like that. Generate a little extra revenue, right? Show that you are you can be a little bit dangerous out there. For some of these guys, it might be earning their next contract. Why not? Play as long as you can. And when it's over, it's over. And we regroup and start to look ahead to next year. Maybe this was me being dumb, but when they beat the Wizards, I was like, oh, this was fun. I yes. enjoyed that. Um, did I think it amounted to much like long-term for this season or like the rest of the season? Not really, but it was just nice to see them win. Um, I'm ultra competitive. I hate watching the Lakers lose, but I mean, (laughs) uh, that's all I want. Like, you know, just if you're going to lose, but you, you went out swinging, I can respect that. Mm -hmm. I I won't be bad. Um, if you get thoroughly outplayed and, you know, but you gave it your best shot and, you know, you try to make it as close as possible for all four quarters. Great. I, I will live with that. And I can go into the offseason saying, you know what? It was really bad, but at least they perked up and showed some life. And I I could rest my laurels on that. Justin Kirkland, how far down do the Lakers tear the roster slash coaching staff slash front office this offseason? I know the team hasn't been good, but at some point chemistry has to be a factor. So, like, how far do we tear this thing? Yeah, down? I mean, so last year the Lakers ripped everything to shreds. They took a what was a good team that just got derailed by injuries, and they trade they got rid of everybody except for three players. What do you yep. what do you do this year? Do you do the same thing? Do you try to bring back some guys so you've got a little bit of at least chemistry on the floor? What do What do you do? I'm assuming the coaching uh, staff is gone. Oh yeah, that's a clean slate. Okay, no, uh, has to be. And it's not for, you know, I, I hope they find a way to keep Phil handy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that'd be great. I think he's been great for the team and, and the capacity he's had. And I think he could have a bigger role for sure. Um, I mean, if I had it my way, I, I think I talked about this already, but Joey and Jesse Buzz having larger roles or voices in the front office, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see that. I would love an outside hire um, just as a checks and balance or an outsider's perspective on how the teams run. That'd be great. Uh, as far as the roster, I think the only untouchables right now are honestly LeBron, AD, Reeves, and Monk. And I would like to see Stanley Johnson back. And I think that's about where I, I, I end up with the roster. 
I think, you know, like Stanley Johnson coming back, Austin Reeves coming back. Like, this isn't like, hey, these are guys we need to win a championship. It's part of it is their salaries for next year can help you yes. build build out a roster. And so that's so that's important, too. Um, so I'm, I'm in agreement. I don't know that that Monk is going to be like what's going to happen with him. Oh, I'm just saying if I had to keep stuff, sure. that's that's what I'm that's what I'm bolting down if I can. Mm-hmm. Somebody's everything else can go. I've got. And Tonet Santiago said it's not only Westbrook's fault. Oh, agreed. No, we no. we've been saying that for a while. Like it is. No. Yeah. If you're saying it's only it's it's all on Frank Vogel, get rid of him and everything is fixed, or it's only Westbrook, get rid of him, everything's fixed. It's so many things. It's so many things that it's not just Russ. It's not just anything. It's a lot of things that have come together to create this Lakers season. Oh yeah, uh, it's top top down. Top-down failure. I mean, that's that's kind of it. Um, I mean, we've been super hard on Westbrook. We haven't even talked about him today. That's how bad the game was. <laughs> right. Um, it's not one thing. It never has been one thing. It started out maybe as one thing, and then it devolved into a lot of other stuff. And now we're here with a big old mess. Oh, Malik Monk. Okay, so you and I watching this game, and we did our live play-by-play, didn't feel like a lack of effort was necessarily the main problem here for the Lakers, except, you know, maybe the second sure. half, they, they didn't really put forth the, the full effort. Malik Monk after the game. Sometimes I don't think we try enough. We got to get it together, man. That's all I got to say. Sick of saying that though. He's not wrong. I mean, overall, he's not wrong, right? No, I think tonight, no, I, 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 he, tonight, I don't know how much of it was effort, but in general, I think he's correct. I think for for me it was more uh, more so we got punched in the mouth. Can we punch back? And that's when they rolled over. Uh, that's been the case all season. <laughs> that's what I was referring to. That's what I'm most disappointed about. I thought they came out fine, mm-hmm. and then second half, like I said, it was just like so out of reach at that point. They just kind of were like, all right, yeah. Okay, where's the plane? Let's let's get out of here. Right. That yep. was kind of the, the mentality. Um, Jabari Wilson said, hi, Trevor and Matt scale of one to 10. How confident are you that Malik Monk will be a Laker next season? Four. I'm going to say four. Same. I'm going to say four, like four or five, five at best. Probably the, so the fine, it's the financial side. I think Malik Monk yes. wants to be a Laker. The Lakers want him. I mean, that's, those are the first two bridges to cross, right? Like you have to have those two things. But then the financial piece that that's got to come into place, the assume if Russ stays on the roster or if you trade Russ for stuff that's got salary coming back, most likely you're talking about using your taxpayer mid level as your main spending source in the offseason. He's going to be a free agent. Taxpayer mid level is only going to sit at right around six ish million. The full mid level is going to be a, a little over ten, and I think there's enough teams out there that will offer that full ten to him that he's probably gone. That's just, but it's the financial piece. That's, that's the problem. It's not, he wants to be a Laker. The Lakers want him. You're good there. But I think the finances probably ultimately lead him somewhere else as much as I would like them to figure out some way to make it work. Yeah. Same. It's just a lack of resources and you know, it's unfortunate, but uh, I'm hoping that for whatever reason, his market is a lot cooler than we're expecting and we're able to get him at dollar value that I think everyone else is off. Because like, I'll put it this way. If if the money is the same for Malik across every team, I think he comes back to the Lakers. 100%. Yes. Yes. But I think one thing people don't realize here is that he was on a rookie contract, got signed to a minimum. So this will be his first big mm-hmm. contract. And every young player would be dumb not to take the biggest dollar amount they could get. So that's kind of the issue. Yep. That's true. That's true. Uh, Mike E, did anyone really think LA had a chance? I mean, we went into this knowing it was going to be a tough night, especially just looking at everything surrounding it, right? They had just lost to the, the Suns had just lost to the Raptors. Good teams typically come in upset after they lose a game. So they're particularly focused the next game. You don't want to be the team that plays a good team after the game they lost, right? You don't, yep. you don't want that. Um, and so we knew there was a lot going into this. Plus look, Fans in Phoenix hate the Lakers. I don't feel any particular way towards the Suns. They don't, it's whatever. They're just, they're another team. To the Suns fans though, the Lakers are the enemy, right? Like most hated. So this is not only do you have the the whole storyline, the narrative of, 
They just lost the last game. They're going to be frustrated from that. They're going to be focused. You also have the fans in the building that are going to be treating this as a big game. They're going to be extra loud. They're going to be vocal. And so that's going to help power that team too. A lot of stuff was stacked up against the Lakers in this game. And then to top it all off, of course, the Suns are just a better basketball team than the Lakers. So the writing was on the wall for this to be a tough night. There's no question. Yeah, the Lakers are the get right team. And they were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Avi B, I hated giving up Josh Hart in the AD trade. He had 44 today and went off. I didn't see that. This team he it, had a good game. This team is I what think happens. Was, yesterday. was it yesterday? This team is what happens when you dump every glue guy. Alex Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, Danny Green, etc. So Matt, I did a video recently on uh, the Lakers Nation YouTube channel about that exactly, about the Lakers front office has to change their mindset. They've looked at things as though the only thing that matters is stars. Everything around them, the role players, those are all completely replaceable and interchangeable. You can swap out role players as much as you want every single season, whatever you have to do in order to make the math work. The stars are what matters. And while there is some truth to that in the NBA in terms of stars are extremely important, I think that we're also seeing how important chemistry is consistency is with your role players and i felt like the lakers didn't put enough stock into how important those role players were from last season thinking they could just rebuild on the fly and and everything would be fine this year no i i agree i thought you know if i had to revisit the ad trade again for the umpteenth time i think they could have held back one of the things they traded like i don't think they needed to give up you know an extra pick swap or you know, I didn't think I don't, I don't even think Josh Hart was necessarily make or break for that deal personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I mean, that that's kind of the trade. But yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. Like this is the this is going to be the third summer in a row, third offseason in a row where it's a complete overhaul. Um, you know, the magic of 2019, 2020, where they rebuilt on the fly and won a title. That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. You, you don't very often see that ever. Um, so to think that you can replicate it and do it again the next two seasons is, I think, a little foolish, honestly. But um, yeah, I, I, I wish that the Lakers would focus more on continuity and chemistry. Like bringing back Alex Caruso would have been great for for starters. Um, maybe some of the other minimum guys they had last year too. But point being is that they can't keep doing this strategy where they build around LeBron and AD like as and they treat the role players like interchangeable parts. That's not how it works. Once you find, if you find pieces that work alongside your stars, you have to keep those pieces in order to support those stars. That's yeah. what you have to do. And I think the Lakers didn't put enough stock into into that. Uh, Malik Monk also added in uh, that uh, they're not getting back on defense. They're not putting enough effort on getting back on defense. And I think that's true. And yeah. I mean, we've seen the stars have been to blame too. I mean, Russ hasn't gotten back. LeBron has had moments where he hasn't gotten back, but it's been a team-wide thing where they're not, their transition defense has been very poor. And so that's been part of the strategy for teams playing against them has been just outrun them, just run faster than they run down the floor and you're going to get easy looks. Yeah, no, it's true. Uh, That's kind of the the MO, right? Um, And it happens a lot every game and it's sad. And this is a very correctable issue and it's not even really a coaching thing at this point. It's more of an effort thing. And that's how I know that I feel like they've tuned out the coaching staff. Like they can't be watching this the next day in the film room and being like, hey, look at this. Can we fix this? And then they don't do it the next day. Like that's just how I know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not that guy. said manifesting Dame Dame or Beal this summer. Don't ask me how. Uh, Man, I wish I had that much optimism. That'd be awesome. That's... That's probably not in the cards. Uh, Jason Kelly, anyone in the NBA worse than Russ? For example, Wall at least helps this team, his team tank. Taking his cap hit into account, who is worse? He's the worst in the NBA. Is Russell Westbrook uh, the worst in the NBA when you relate, when you add in the, I, the salary? I mean, if you're going to 
you're, if you're going to do it that way, I mean, probably, right? It's like you're getting the least amount of ROI. Is he, is he the, I guess the question really is, is he the worst in terms of bang for your buck? I would say yes. Probably. Probably. But, but I, then John Wall's got the same contract and he's sitting at home. Are you, so then you're arguing that that zero from John Wall is better than whatever you're getting from Russ. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to take it off the court, right, the optics of how everything's happened, uh, the drama, the tension, you know, mm-hmm. the, all the rumors and stuff in the press and things, I guess if you want to call it that way. Like if Russ was sitting at home this entire season, we get none of it. Yeah. I mean, so if you want to look at it that way, then yeah, probably. Uh, if you're talking about strictly on-court production, then technically John Wall's the worst, right? Because you're getting literally nothing. Um, Devin Booker responded because, of course, everybody runs to Devin Booker and says, what did you think about what Anthony Davis said? God. He said, well, first of all, he used an analogy that's interesting. I'm not going to use that on here. But he said, it's a lot of ifs in this game. You look at history along the lines, there's something that comes up for every team during every season. Uh, instead of just taking the high road, you have to make a comment like that. I mean, he's on the receiving end of that of AD's comment, so I I understand why he's he's angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame him. I mean, that's a honestly, he could have said a lot like meaner stuff. So he could have, he could have. And I've got a super chat, Slim Shard. Did you see D- David Booker's post game comment about Davis? Yeah, which is exactly exactly why Anthony Davis can't say that. Even if you believe it, you can't say that out loud because now. I mean, clearly the Suns took it personally and now you're dealing with all this and then it's all this drama and everything. Again, I don't think AD is necessarily wrong. That was my sense coming out of the series as well was that the Lakers, had Anthony Davis been healthy, would have won. Maybe I'm biased. Fair enough. I've got Lakers Nation on my shirt. If anybody's going to be biased, probably me. But I felt truthfully that they were going to win had AD played. But again, you just you can't say that. You can't say it right now when you're still playing this team and you're probably going to have to deal with them or potentially have to deal with this team come playoff time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, I saw this too. He said whether it motivated them. He said, no, that's what was going to happen anyways. I just think it's funny. <laughs> um, I mean, look, they could have been angry and saying, let's go get them, get this for, for Anthony Davis's comment and all that. And he would still say no, that it didn't motivate them. Yeah. Right. That's funny. I'm not even mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mike E said, LA stars aren't really stars anymore. Unless you don't care about defense, AD is only playing 50% of the season. Fair or not, that's the reality. I wouldn't say they're not stars. I would say, I mean, what Russell Westbrook, I think, is no longer in that superstar tier. No. LeBron and AD, when they're healthy and they're at their best, they're stars. They're, they are still stars in this league. Um, you could say defense. Whatever. Le- LeBron, when he's locked in defensively, is very, very good. I don't think we've seen LeBron completely locked in defensively, but also... There's been games where I can't blame, like I can't blame LeBron for not being locked in defensively when you're down 30 in the third quarter, right? So, yeah, I don't know. This I still think those guys are stars. Russell Westbrook, I think the Lakers for Russ, and the Lakers didn't expect Russ to be a superstar coming in. That's not what they were expecting, but they were hoping to get, I think, high level All Star play out of Russ, and I don't think that's sure. what they've got. Yeah, I just I don't understand why people think LeBron is not no longer LeBron when he's routine when he's doing stuff like he's still doing at 37. He's fine. Um, the rest of the team is, stinks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's finish off with the master lock of the night. Oh, we have to do that. We do. Still? We do. We're not we're not doing the next man up tonight. We're not doing the 360 award because Carmelo Anthony. Okay. So you put in your vote for next man up as, as Carmelo Anthony. That's fine. Let's do the master lock though. So if you were to master lock something, just because maybe this will be a little bit therapeutic. So chat, let us know from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter. What would you put in our good friend, Chris, the masterpiece masters finishing hold the master lock from this game. It could be a Laker. It could be a Phoenix sun. It could be abstract concept, whatever it is you want. What are you putting in the master lock? Matt, I think I know where you're going, but what are you putting in? Oh, you know this answer is chalk, Trevor. Yeah. I always have to hop on the live stream when this man plays, and it is Jay Crowder. Come on up and collect your master lock of the night. I cannot stand watching this man play, and it pains <laughs> me when he does well. Jay Crowder, that is certainly fair. 
I like that one. That's and he always gets the master lock because he's Jay Crowder and he is Matt's. Is he your least favorite player in the NBA? I just I don't know. I probably I probably yeah. I guess by default, I can't really think of one off the top of my head. So that should probably say a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, for anyone new, chant, tat, uh, tuning into the stream, if you haven't been here for too long, it's it, this dates back to the playoffs last year. I've, I've just had an issue with him since, and so I'm. I told myself then he'd always be my master lock anytime the Lakers played the Suns, and I'm holding to that. So for mine, and this is tough because there's a lot of different. Um, oh, somebody said master lock the Lakers for not putting Trevor in the front office. Wowie one, thank you. Appreciate what a appreciate that. Appreciate that. Um, but if I'm going to master lock anybody from this game, I, I'm tempted to say Anthony Davis for his comment before the game about, about the Suns oh. and, and how the Suns, how the, the Suns, how even the Suns birthday, know that they were going to win. Yeah, I know it was just his birthday. But, but I can also say let's master lock the Lakers defense for giving up 80 points in the first half. They only gave up 79. I, That's really rude. I, okay. I'm, maybe I'm embellishing slightly by one point 79 points in the first half that's uh, you can't do that you can't do that win basketball games your defense has to be better and frankly the the lakers i don't think it was necessarily lack of effort i do think the suns happened to hit a lot of shots there were some moments where the lakers should have closed out on a shooter and they did not but in general you got to find a way to keep yourself in games that's that's all like you know this is going to be a tough game your goal for the lakers is got to be just just hang around don't get blown out. Just hang around, hang around, and give yourself a chance at the end. Give yourself a chance to get yourself back in that, and they were not able to do it. Instead, they just got crushed. Steamrolled. This was the Suns in cruise control for almost the entire game. You can't you can't come out there and do that. And now I'm curious what tomorrow's going to look like against Toronto, second night of a back-to-back. Does LeBron play? That's going to be interesting. I'm honestly surprised you still didn't say Cameron Payne. Oh, yes. Yep. That could have been another one. I just know that's number two. That has to be runner-up. Yeah, that's fair. All right, everybody. I appreciate you joining us. Obviously, it was not an easy game to sit through. The Lakers getting crushed almost the entire time. We'll see what the Lakers can do tomorrow against the Raptors. We knew tonight was going to be a rough one, but I had hoped that the Lakers might be able to keep things a little bit closer. Did not happen. Season rolls on. Let's see what happens tomorrow against the Raptors. Hopefully, we will see you all right back here. And hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe, maybe, just maybe, we can celebrate a Lakers win. That would certainly be excellent. Till next time, everybody. See ya, and stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.